There are seven types of giant sea turtles. Five of the different types of turtles actually nest at this beach. And so it's one of the rarest places on earth. And that is a magical experience to see the big mama turtles. Good afternoon and welcome to the How to Train Your Wagon podcast. The podcast that takes three generations of travelers around the world to different destinations. Today's episode focuses on the south of Oman. Now, if you've been listening, We'll know that in episode nine, we focused on the north of Oman. In this episode, we'll resume our conversation with Doug at Experience at Tours on what a vacation to Oman is like for a three-generation travel party. We'll touch briefly upon the desert, that is the empty quarter, and then turn to the south coast. The south coast around Salala is known for its lush green environment. Hey listeners, if you like our podcast and enjoying traveling with your family, then this is the right podcast for you. Please share your support by clicking subscribe in however you listen to this podcast, whether it be an Apple podcast, Spotify, or Amazon music. Please enjoy our newest episodes as we are producing a new episode every week. We thank you and appreciate your continued support. Doug, how would we transition coming from the north of Oman to the south of Oman? From the mountains, the mountains separate the capital city from the desert. And so the desert, even though it's hot, is really something to behold and experience. And so uh, we, from the mountains, we will typically then take you to the, what we call the Wahiba Sands. And we'll take you along that route. Uh, you'll see the, the Zucate beehive tombs, which are these strange structures that are up on the top of large hills and they're tombs. No one knows when they were built or how they were built or who built them, but they are ancient and they are definitely worth taking a snapshot of, but we, those are on the way to the, out to the desert. We take you to one of the more famous wadis called Wadi Bani Khalid, and it is a beautiful oasis wadi. And then from there, we take you out to the Wahiba Sands. And the Wahiba is simply one of the tribal names, but the Wahiba Sands is what I would call like a washboard desert. It's these 40, 50, 60 foot high sand dunes, some of them that are just one after another, and it's a sea of sand. And so we take you out there and there are several different camps, or we can do a custom private camp as well. But one of the camps that we typically take people to is the uh, Thousand Nights Camp. And we have you stay in what they call the Amir tent. And it is a really beautiful, luxurious experience. They have small private swimming pools that are located at each tent area. And so it allows you to cool off. But this is one of those places where the generations can choose what they want to do. It's nice to just go walking up on the dunes and along the dunes. You can sit and enjoy culture, listen to Omani's play in an oud, or you could go dune bashing. There's, you can get into a four-wheel drive vehicle, and depending on your guide, they might even let you take the wheel for a little bit. And you can do a little dune bashing out, out in the dunes, and that's that's a fun experience as well. But the the best part of being out in the dunes, and this is maybe I'm just a little bit older, although I've, I have actually driven dune bashing. I've got a friend here who has an off-road uh, Jeep Wrangler all tricked out and oh my gosh, it's a blast. So it is fun, but I love the desert night sky. If you have ever been anywhere where there's zero light pollution and that's what it's like out in the deserts of Oman, you can go out there and see stars and a sky that are almost unimaginable almost anywhere in America. And so it is a really cool experience. And yeah, so that's what we do there. Then we, 
we actually take you all the way out to the tip of Oman. And there's a place called Ras al-Had, Ras al-Jints after the desert. And this is a, it's a turtle reserve. And Oman has uh, a beach called Ras al-Jints. And it's a turtle reserve with a hotel. And they have these luxury eco tents that are air conditioned. And you can stay in these tents that overlook the sea. And there are five of the, there are seven giant sea turtles five of the different types of turtles actually nest at this beach. And so it's one of the rarest places on earth as far as the actual variety of sea turtles that come and nest and that are found there. And that is a magical experience to see the big mama turtles come up and dig these huge holes. They're, they're, they're enormous. They're three feet deep and six feet or eight feet across. And they're, and they probably weigh, you know, 250, 300 pounds of these turtles. They're, they're ginormous. And, and then they lay their eggs. And so you go out at night and they use, you're only allowed to use a red light. The guides will take you out there and they bury their eggs. And then uh, you go back and sleep for about six hours, five hours, <laughs> And they wake you up at 4 a.m. and you go back out at, at 4 a.m. and you'll get to see the sunrise. But if you're lucky, you also get to see from previous turtles nesting, the babies break out of the ground and begin their journey back down to the ocean. You'll see the mothers who laid their eggs the night before return to the ocean. And it is such a gorgeous and peaceful setting. These red sand cliffs and this stretch of beach that are there are just phenomenal. It's one of it's one of the my favorite things I've ever done in Oman there at the Ras Al Jins Turtle, Turtle Reserve. So that's a cool experience. And that hits I, we've we've found that hits all generations. <laughs> Everyone likes it. I was gonna say um, my daughters would love that place. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it we see even teenage boys like it. It's just that cool. So yeah, so that one and then we from there we actually take you back to Muscat before bringing you to the south part of the country. But on the way back to Muscat is for me one of the pinnacle experiences and that's going to Wadi Shab or Wadi and if you want to see videos or beautiful, like the postcard Wadi, it's not so much an oasis, but like for uh, Wadi Shab was where in 2012, the Red Bull cliff diving championships were held there. And it's because it has these gorgeous blue crystal clear pools that are deep and these red rock cliffs and palm trees. And it is gorgeous. And at the very end of this wide, it is a real hike, probably takes a solid, it's a 40 minute hike. It's not, so it's not that long. It takes about 40, 45 minutes to get to the end of uh, Wadi Shab. But at the end, you walk into a pool of water. And for those who don't like to swim, we can provide flotation devices and all. But there is a, a cave and you can Google it, Wadi Shab. So it's W-A-D-I Shab, S-H-A-B. Uh, and there is a cave at the end that's been formed by massive boulders that fell down into this wadi. And there's a waterfall and it has a skylight and it illuminates the water. And it is, you can climb up. For those who are not adventurous, you just wade into it and your head goes between these two rocks and you wade in. Uh, it's about 30 feet that you go through this really skinny opening. And then uh, you come through. You can see light the whole time. You're not in pitch black anything. 
but once you get inside, you're the adventurous, adventuresome folks can climb a rope ladder and jump off the waterfall back into the, the pool. And it's just a, a fantastic experience, I think, for everybody. As long as you're okay with making the hike, that is the, that's the only challenge for a three-generation. And the option, if everyone wants to go do that, but there are some who are not so adventuresome, there's another wadi nearby where they can go and visit that. And it's beautiful and picturesque and very much like an oasis. And it has some beautiful pools as well to be seen. But Wadi Shab is one of those, if you Google Oman and say top 10 things to do, it's going to be on every list. Okay. It is. <laughs> we just Googled it. So, it is on the list. I've been to Wadi Shab like, I don't even remember how many times. It's not like 10. I've been there like five. I love it. It, it is, it is, it is. It's fantastic. It's a wonderful place. And the water is cool, but not cold. It's great. You're making a very compelling case for why we all should be going to Oman. What would you, after Wadi Shab, I think you indicated we've seen the mountains now, we've seen the north, we've seen the capital. And I guess that leaves the south of the country and some of those attractions. Yeah, typically, and there are quite a few other things to do. There are, there are beautiful islands off the coast of Oman where you can go snorkeling. And for those who like to do that, that is very often a day that is added to the trip in the north. The Damania Islands are, are gorgeous. You'll swim with turtles and all kinds of beautiful fish. And so the Damania Islands, they're sharks. That might freak some people out. There's whale sharks. You can swim with whale sharks. There are, it is a great snorkeling experience for those who like that. Again, I love it if you can't tell, but <laughs> I've done I that twice that. And, and taken my own son and my pregnant daughter-in-law. So I guess technically I was also taking my grandson. He just wasn't out at the time. And we, we took them there. It's a perf in my opinion, perfectly safe. Some people just aren't comfortable swimming <laughs> out in the water, but anyway. So yeah, we would take you to the South. Once once we finish up with the Wadi Shab and all that, typically we would invite you on down to Salala, which is now where I live and have become much more familiar with. And Salala is a fraction. It's like a tenth of the size of Muscat, but it's the second largest city in Oman. And it is the capital of Dofar, which is, a, is an entirely different feel. Just when you get here, you'll honestly, you'll get off the airplane and you probably maybe even before you leave the airport, you'll see the difference just even in how the women are dressed. It's just another notch in, in, in being conservative here in Salala. And so Salala is a little sleepier, a little slower paced. I, I think in some ways a little more relaxing, but it also has plenty of things to see and do and keep you busy. Certainly as far as a place to live, weather-wise, it is the nicest place in all of Oman. So I do like it. I do like it down here. But in Salala, we will give you a tour of the city. There is the Sultan Qaboos Mosque here. It is not the Grand Mosque like up in Muscat, but it is still a beautiful mosque. It was actually the first mosque that the Sultan built and commissioned with his name on it in the country of Oman. And so we start you out here and then we take you to a place called Al-Balid, which is right along the coast. And Al-Balid is an archaeological, it's an active archaeological dig site for ancient coastal cultures here. And it is right along the ocean. There's a, a small museum there that, that, again, lets you into what you're going to experience and see here in Dofar. And so we start you off on your first day doing that. We'll take you through the farms. Dofar very much, like I said, has a tropical feel. The closer to the coast you get, the more green it is. And there are all kinds of palm trees, date palms, coconut palms, 
banana, you know, banana trees and grass and you name it, it's all growing. And so we'll get you some fresh coconut juice. And then we typically will take you out to a local restaurant up that overlooks all of Salala. And so it's a few hundred feet up on one of the mountains and it has a gorgeous view of the coastal plain. And so that is your, your first day in Salala after you've, tra- you've transferred from the, the airport and flown down. We take it easy on that first day. And then again, for the resorts in Salala, typically we have you stay either at the Crown Plaza in Salala or again, depending if you, if you want to step up from that, there's Anantara. And then there's another resort that's currently closed due to COVID called Rotana. But those are the three main properties that, that we have people stay at. And they're all on the coast, have water access and are great for multi-generation groups. Very exciting. For so the first day. So the second day in Salala, we give you the East tour. And the East tour, we take you to one of the most fantastic wadis in all of Oman. And it's called Wadi Darbat. And Wadi Darbat is, to get to Wadi Darbat, you have to go up the mountain. And there's a travertine curtain where this wadi has, I, I, wanna, I don't want to overstate, I want to say it's about 300, a 300 foot drop straight down this travertine cliff. There's a waterfall that is falling and it, it falls year round. Year round, it's smaller after the Harif season that we're experiencing right now, it, it can be a full regular waterfall and there's multiple falls. But we take you up to Wadi Darbat and this is a wide valley that has beautiful blue pools and waterfalls and camels and goats and donkeys and all kinds of stuff. You can get out and picnic there. And so we take you first to Wadi Darbat, and then we will take you up through the mountains. There is a a place called the Birdwell. It's a sinkhole, maybe 20 minutes from Wadi Darbat. And there are birds that are flying in and out of this sinkhole, and it is hundreds of feet deep. You can't see the bottom of it. You can hike to the bottom of it, but that is a very difficult hike because it's very steep. And yeah, you've if you do, that's all you're doing that day. <laughs> if you hike into the bird well, and then we take you over to the cliffs that overlook a gosh, I think it's yeah, three thousand feet. It's a thousand meters, so it's over three thousand feet high cliffs that over oversee the coastal plain, and it is just a phenomenal view from the top of the mountains here in in southern Oman. This day is definitely more of a driving tour with stops and you'll most of these stops you'll stop for about a half an hour at each one from there we take you down to a wadi and a short hike this wadi has a baobab forest i don't know if you know what the baobab tree is but if you think of lion king rafiki the monkey in lion king and he's in that tree and he's shaking his that that's a baobab tree with a really fat trunk and fat branches and it's a very interesting unique tree but this this wadi has some natural pools in it but it has all of these baobab trees and there are beautiful birds and wildlife sometimes you'll see camels walking along in there and there's one we take you take you to the toward the back of this wadi it's about a 15 minute walk it's not a hike it's it's much more of a walk and there is one tree in particular it is the largest tree in all of oman and it is just cool. (laughs) It's 
it's a tree. So I don't want to oversell it. It's a tree, <laughs> but it is so unique. I've never seen a tree like this one in my life. And I've been to Africa and Kenya and Ghana, and I've seen all kinds of, I've been, I lived in California. I've seen all the sequoias I've seen. It's a pretty cool tree. So <laughs> we take folks to see it and it's worth the walk and worth the stop. And then we head on down to Mirbat, which is a fishing village. And Mirbat, it gives you a real taste of the coastal life of what it is like and, and maybe was like in Oman. There are Dow boats there and a fort right along uh, the bay. And so we will take you into Mirbat. You may stop and grab uh, a bite there. And then we head back towards Salala. We head, we head back towards town. And on the way back, you stop at a place called Sumhumran. And Sumhumran is a set of uh, ruins that are in the process of being restored. And it's believed to be where the Queen of Sheba and her kingdom may have been and been started. And you can see why when you stop there, it's actually, if you're looking on a map where we started the day, taking you to Wadi Darbat, the waterfall and river from that wadi that cascades down exits into the lagoon where these ruins are. And so it's a place where water would have always been running and it would have provided for seafaring and trading and so on and so forth. And so we finish your day there and then bring you back to your hotel. And typically you'll have dinner at your hotel at that point and you're pooped out. The next day we take you to the west side of town and we will start you off usually at Job's tomb. Again, the biblical prophet Job or Quranic prophet, if you want to, which, which I personally read the Bible. I, I have read the Quran, but anyway, Job's tomb allegedly is here in Oman. And I do say allegedly, but it's, it is definitely a spot that people like to stop and see and, and check out. And then we take you on the Western Coastal Tour, which is beautiful. We will take you, there are some options on the Western Coastal Tour as far as what you might want to do or see. And again, this depends on kind of your group and what your feelings are. We can do um, a whole day at a beach called Fazaya, and it is a gorgeous beach. And we can do a picnic there and, and all of that. Fazaya Beach is, is it's, it's just, it's so picturesque. And then there, there are the blowholes. The beach pictures look stunning, by the way. Are you looking at Fazaya? I am. Unbelievably. Yeah, Fazaya, it really is a phenomenal beach. You can, on occasion, the last time I was at Fazaya, we actually saw two, we saw one empty uh, turtle shell wow. where a turtle had died or washed up, but we also saw two nests. So you can see, but only two. When you go to Ras El Jintz, it's almost, you know how golf balls have dimples? The beach at Ras Al Jintz has dimples. There are so many turtle nests there. It's, it's amazing. The blowholes, mug sale, golly. M-U-G-H-S-A-I-L, mug sale is where the blowholes are. And so at the right time of day, at the high tide, these will be spouting off. And it's a nice walk to get up to mug sale. The views are nice and there's quite a breeze. Again, you get to see the, the cliffs just dropping right off into the ocean. And then after mug sale, mug sale is actually, there's the opportunity to go into some of the valleys and actually see where the frankincense trees grow. And I don't know if you're familiar with frankincense at all. Obviously, again, going biblical on you, that's one of the, it is one of the gifts that the wise men brought and they were valued. Frankincense was valued just gold and myrrh was the other, the other incense that they were bringing. 
But Oman, and specifically Dofar, is famous for having the highest quality frankincense in the world. And so a lot of the essential oils and things that you hear people you know, using and buying, the best sourced oils and frankincense come from Dofar. And so we will take you to see where the, the trees are, grow naturally, and you can feel the sap, which is what the frankincense actually is, dried tree sap. It doesn't sound so fancy when you call it that, but it has a wonderful aroma. And, and so then after that, depending again on the day and what you like, we would take you to a place called Shot, and S-H-A apostrophe A-T, not shot like a gun, but it sounds the same. And Shot is a, an area that is very green right along the edge of the cliffs. And again, it drops, it's a jaw-dropping view from over a thousand meters straight down into the ocean. And, and so Shot has some pretty impressive views from there. It's almost unnerving sometimes if you're willing to go out in the trail past the, and it's legal, you're not, it's not illegal, but there's a trail that you can go out that's past the normal kind of observation deck area, if you will. And wow, it is, it's impressive. And then from there, we take you back to Salala and your hotel. And then again, depending on your, what you like, we will do an empty quarter overnight camp out in what's called the Rub Al Khali. And these dunes make the dunes in the north of Oman look like speed bumps. And it is the largest continuous desert set of desert sand dunes in the world. The Sahara Desert in North Africa overall is larger but it does not have one area that has the same amount of sand and continuous dunes as the Rub al Khali. And so the Rub al Khali starts over in Saudi Arabia, dips into and along Oman, and then finishes all the way up in the UAE and further up into Saudi, of course. But it, the dunes are three, 400 feet high and they are impressive. And it's honestly not that hard to walk or hike up to the top of them. It, it takes a commitment, but it is the views and, and, and all that you see from there. It's phenomenal. And the desert skies are even better in Southern Oman than they are in the North. And they're great in the North. So depending on what people like to do, we will camp overnight out there. And it, it is so quiet and so remote. You're literally in the middle of it's called the empty quarter for a reason. <laughs> no one really lives out there. There are people who live out there. There are some small settlements. There's actually, again, other world heritage sites and things out there, which is fabled to be the mysterious sunken city of Ubar. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, that was engulfed by sand dunes and has been uncovered in the last uh, couple decades. And we'll take you out to see those places. You can simply drive out to see those dunes if you don't want to spend the night. But honestly, a lot of our guests who spend the night out there tell us it's one of their very favorite evenings of their entire tour. And our typical camping experience out there is what I would call an adventure camp. It is, we set up a private REI style tent with air mattresses and we have a bathroom tent, but that's about as fancy as it gets. And so we, we have a, a fire and our guide will cook for you out there. And it is a neat experience, but it is definitely, I don't know if I even want to call it three-star. I, I, I tell people it's an adventure camp. It is not like staying at the resorts. So 
It depends on the group. Uh, some people are great with it. And we've had people in their seventies who go out there and absolutely love it. So it, it's not hard. We take care of everybody. <laughs> we, we have plenty of water uh, and those types of things, but it is really a different experience. My parents are in their seventies. I think that would be fun. So I have two questions, yeah. but one question is, it seems like in all of Oman, there's so many different souvenirs that you would bring back in whichever area you're at. You're talking about the North and you were talking about the pretty jewelry and the swords and the daggers and the shops. And then the South, you're talking about the frankincense and the oils. Is there something that you would bring back in certain areas as a souvenir? Or is there something that Oman's known for a souvenir to bring back? There's pottery. There, there's pottery is something okay. that, that is very Omani and, and has its own flavor and style. It's an Arabian pottery. There are uh, these beautiful silverwork daggers. So Oman is uh, famous for the, the silverwork that they do, but those are expensive. You can spend mm-hmm. thousands of dollars on purchasing a khunjur, which is the curved knife. And they're gorgeous, but I'm just being honest. I haven't spent the money on them. I wouldn't mind having one. I just can't swallow right yet the maybe I will after I've lived here five years I'll, I'll say I need one but so lots of times it's the scarves the women here all wear a shayla's they all okay. cover and in the north they you will see them typically often it's black but many will wear the beautiful colored scarves and that's becoming more and more of a normal thing here in the south everyone wears black so it's much more conservative and covered those are very common but frankincense is the big deal so good omani frankincense is something that people will bring back dates and again it's i, I honestly until i came to oman I, I didn't care about dates i eat them all the time now and i love them i just never really had them before and never had reason to really eat them all that much and now there's so many different kinds and i know the difference and i <laughs> so good dates are those are a big gift that people will bring back to to share with friends you know we live here so it's a little bit different what do we take back there's these potato chips called chips oman and it might sound really silly and really funny but I always tell people you should get a bag of them and try them. And if you like them, you can go into any of the stores and buy a big old thing of chips Oman and throw them in your luggage and they'll keep just fine. And they don't weigh anything. It's just a silly one. That's just a silly one. We take it back and give it to kids and, and nieces and nephews. And my sister loves them. She's like, <laughs> you bring me those chips. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's just a funny little side, like little side thing, but yeah. And then there's, especially in Nizwa, there's some really great artwork, watercolor painting, and and some things where you can bring back some artwork and see from Oman. Woodworking. Oman is famous for their woodworking and doors and carving. So there's a lot of boxes and different things that that they will inlay things and beautiful woodwork and boxes. Yeah. Doors is funny. You're not going to bring a door back, but Oman, (laughs) when, when you come here, you'll start seeing, oh, the doors here are really nice. Yeah, doors are a big thing. That's good. And the other thing, I do have one daughter who's a picky eater with a lot of allergies. What do you do there? Considering Oman didn't seem like it had an, like when I look at the restaurants online and Googling it, there's not a lot of stuff on the menu. They don't even put a menu out on the No, I, I, you know, Oman is not a foodie country, Mm -hmm. meaning that's not what I'm going to sell people on. You can eat really well here. There are some great restaurants and great food available, but overall it's, it's not like you hear of Omani restaurants, right? My daughter is vegan and we can actually feed her vegan in Salala. It's even easier to do in Muscat. So it's not, 
If you give us those requirements ahead of time, we make sure our guides know what the needs are. And so it's not impossible. We just have to pay attention and know what those needs and allergies and different likes and dislikes are. And then we will make sure that the restaurant options, or at least for her, that there's something nearby that, that can, what is it? Does she have a specific thing? Give me an example. She does. I mean, like I joke about it. Like sometimes I can bring peanut butter and jelly and put it on the bread. Like she's gluten out. She's got a lot of allergies, but also it's, I can throw peanut butter and jelly anywhere and feed it to her. So that's the thing. It's, (laughs) do I just bring it with me? Or do I have to like, or do I have to, we, we, what we normally do is we plan ahead of time. We talk to the restaurant, we tell them about the allergies just to make sure. But in Europe, the great news is most of the stuff is already done for you. You don't really have to worry about all the extra stuff that they put in it, like gluten, like they always have another option for you. But Oman seemed a little bit different when I was looking online about what was on their menu. A lot of the hotels, especially your four and five star hotels, will will have uh, solid options. Like there's dairy. a lot. There's a strong there's a strong Indian food influence. So if if she eats rice and chicken, she does um, there and vegetables. There are phenomenal dishes. That always sounds so plain when you think American. I mean. <laughs> Get Uncle Ben's rice out of your mind. This is really good rice. So there there are lots of options. My daughter's vegan and and that's talk about hard to work around. Yeah. <laughs> but she, we can do it. The market's here. You you don't need to you don't need to bring your own peanut butter. If you want peanut butter, any of the markets, at least you know, the supermarkets sell you can find Jif. It's expensive, but if you're traveling around the world. I was gonna say, <laughs> so. you know what? Yeah. That's the least of my concern. Yeah, I mean, it's like $5 for a smaller thing of GIF, but they sell it. So I'm sorry that I have to leave right now. I have to go take care of my daughter and take her back to school. No so problem. I It was very nice meeting you, and I'm really excited about Oman. I love it. I can't believe how wonderful it is just by looking at it. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Have a great day. So, Doug, a couple questions. Have we wrapped up the South? Is there more to say about the South? No. Sometimes we can throw, we can do like a Dow cruise and that kind of stuff. You know, a sunset Dow cruise. There's other things, other options. But that's, I've hit most of the South there. Okay. So. All right. So, a uh, couple questions. One common question we get is, Oman, is it a coffee culture? Is it a tea culture? Is it coffee and muscat and tea elsewhere? That's funny that you just said that. It's coffee and muscat and tea and salala. But you can get coffee and tea everywhere. It is a coffee and tea culture. Muscatis are anybody up in Muscat, they're gonna it's gahwa. And the Omani coffee is has cardamom in it, which is very different from American coffee. I like Omani coffee just fine. I still prefer American coffee, but it is a coffee culture. There are more coffee shops and tea shops in Oman than anywhere I've ever seen. So Plenty of coffee options for those who love their coffee and or tea. One other question before we turn to the do's and don'ts, and that is you mentioned Omani Nights. It's funny because after traveling for the first couple of weeks we get back from traveling, I'll, my wife and I refer to ourselves as being on Spanish hours, eating dinner at 8 o'clock at night and carrying on later in the evening. So what's it mean for, for three-generation travelers? What's it mean to be experiencing the Omani Night? You, you mentioned your, your neighbors and, and people in town will be on, on later hours, but from a tourist perspective... Obviously, if you're in the desert, your night options are when you're out with one another. But what does it mean for your average tourist to be on Omani hours at night? We have found that the average tourist doesn't get onto Omani hours because you're only here for a limited time. I'll just be honest with you. I live, I've lived here for two years and I have never been on Omani hours. 
Our offices are open from nine in the morning till two in the afternoon. And then I'm often doing this in the evening on Skype calls or, or Zoom calls back to America, to Canada, to the UK. And, and so I end up having a somewhat split work day like they do here, but it's nine o'clock. I'm going to be in bed in another hour and a half. So the average guests, you will feel like Oman comes to life at night. And so it goes from, it's not Vegas because there's no lights and all that kind of thing. Vegas seems sleepy during the day. And then all of a sudden at nighttime, wow, it looks like everything's happening. And Oman, especially in the cities can seem like that as well. People will be out and about and they're drinking coffee and they're sitting on mats on roadsides, playing cards and drinking tea and coffee together, grilling meat. It, it's, it is a very hospitable culture and they love hanging out and doing things together. But most of our guests, you're going to see that, you're going to witness it. Um, but because you're here to see the natural beauty and, and everything that is Oman, you need to see that during the day. And so you'll get a taste of the night. You'll see it in your comings and goings especially up in Matra and other places where it is beautiful at night. There's, there, it, it's, there are things to do at night, but being a night culture is, is quite a bit different. They also love malls. Indoor shopping malls are being built here. I think as fast as they're closing in America, they're opening them here. Mm -hmm. And again, because it's the Middle East and everything's hot, everyone loves a big air conditioned indoor environment. And that was actually, I was thinking about it, depending on your teenage kids, the malls here are really nice. And they have massive, what a Dave and Buster's is. They're not totally adult like that. Alcohol is not, it's only in the five-star resorts. You, you don't see alcohol out anywhere else, but they have these big giant indoor playlands and they're like big giant Dave and Buster's type places where there's indoor roller coasters and all kinds of video games and things for kids to do. And yeah, anyway. Okay. That's a great answer. Here's where we turn to our old standby questions, and that is the do's and the don'ts, or as my mother-in-law calls it, the do's and donuts. I saw that and thought that that was kind of funny, the do's and, and donuts. And I don't know that I had any, we already talked about the do's, the things you should do throughout the rest of our, our time. Mm -hmm. The donuts, uh, and, I, and I guess I actually already covered this, but I would say donut worry because Oman is super safe. It is very warm and welcoming. The hardest part about Oman is honestly a 14-hour plane flight. That's the hardest part. But don't worry about on the ground once you're in the country. It is a wonderful experience. A big donut is donut take pictures of local people without their permission. Not only is it highly frowned upon, it's actually against the law. And so you cannot take pictures specifically focusing on local people without their permission. If you're taking a panorama picture and they're in it, that's legal. But if you're taking a picture of them, that is not. And because it's such a different culture and it's such a private culture in that regard, they don't want their images online typically. And so they are very guarded with that. And then the last donut I had, which your wife was starting to ask me about, is, is donut dress inappropriately. And what that means for Westerners, Oman actually has modesty rules. And so what that means outside of the resort, in resorts, you can wear swimsuits, and they can be whatever you feel like is comfortable. Honestly, I've seen it all and it's allowed within the resort zones, but outside and in your touring, we ask all of our guests to, you always need to have your shoulders covered. So as a woman, we're asking them to wear something that goes off of the, not just a wide tank, but something that actually comes off the shoulder. 
to hopefully more of a, of a short sleeve. You need to have, you need to be covered all the way down past your knees. So maxi skirts and or longer shorts are those kind of things for women. And that's it. The only other place you have to, that a woman has to be very conservative and so does a man is when you visit the Grand Mosque. So you do have to have a headscarf for that when you go to the mosque. And men cannot wear shorts at the mosque. Thank you to our guest, Doug, of Experience at Oman. Again, this has been an exciting experience. I know we're all at hearing what you had to tell us and, and certainly lining up to uh, sign up for a trip to Oman. Again, looking if you go online, we'll certainly share some of these in our, in our show notes as well as on our Instagram account. It looks like nowhere else I've seen on earth. So, so thank you for walking us through 12 days in Oman. Doug, floor is yours. just want to give you one last opportunity to speak to your perspective on Oman and why we should travel to Oman through experience at Oman? Yeah, we specialize in custom private tours. That's what we do. If you want a big box experience, we are definitely not the company to do that for you. And, and we tell people we are usually not the cheapest, but we are also not the most expensive, but we have thousands of guests who have uh, discovered us, whether it's here or where we got started in Morocco with experience at tours and they have discovered us and we get a lot of repeat customers from country to country because they love what we do. And what we do is we get you in contact with the culture, with the people. All of our guides are hand chosen. We've been to their homes. We know them. We often know their families. And so for us, this is a, it's a love relationship that we have with the country with our guides, we, we do seek to do responsible tourism and, and we want to be a blessing not only to our guests, but to our guides and to Oman. Oman is a beautiful country and, and just waiting to be discovered by so many people. And, and, and it is, I think Tom, you were saying, you, you looked at a list of, of places to go and Oman is one of those up and coming places. If you go online and start Googling, it shows up again and again on different lists as, man, you've got to check this place out. I would agree with those lists. And I've lived here now for two years and I'm still not done checking it out. This concludes today's episode. Thank you again to Doug at Experience at Tours. We're very excited to share upcoming episodes on Scottish Highlands, on African Safari, and the Republic of Georgia. If you like our podcast and enjoying traveling with your family, then this is the right podcast for you. Please share your support by clicking subscribe in however you listen to this podcast, whether it be an Apple podcast, Spotify, or Amazon Music. Please enjoy our newest episodes as we are producing a new episode every week. We thank you and appreciate your continued support.